Welcome to No One's Ever Asked Me That, where you'll hear inspiring, real, behind-the-scenes stories from high achievers building a life and a business with passion, designed to motivate you, inspire you, teach you, and show you exactly what's possible for you, too. This is No One's Ever Asked Me That with your host, Christine McAllister. Hey, friends. Welcome to a live recording of my podcast, No One's Ever Asked Me That. Today is a solo episode where I am sharing with you the top three tips to succeed with podcast guesting in 2022. In 2022, podcast guesting is something that you want to learn how to do, or maybe you've done it, you realize you love it but you're not necessarily seeing a return for the investment of your time and energy. What are the things that you can look at? What are the things that you can shift to change that or to get started on the right foot? Let's dive in. Number one, I want you to think about the kind of holistic view, holistic approach to being a value-focused quality guest that also attracts listeners to respond, to connect with you outside of the episode. I'm going to share with you the two biggest mistakes that I see when people come to me and they say, man, I really love podcasting, Christine. I've been on a bunch of shows or I've been on a handful of shows, but I haven't seen anything come from them. If that's you or you want to avoid that being you, here are the two biggest mistakes that I see that keep people from being that value-focused guest that also gets value for themselves a return without being salesy or gross or pitchy. Number one is being on the wrong shows, okay? A lot of times being on the wrong shows is what keeps you from getting the results. Now, wrong shows can mean either shows that are too small to reach enough people or podcasts that don't reach your people your niche. And it could be a combination. So as of the time of of this recording, there are almost 3 million podcasts in the world, almost 3 million podcasts. When I started tracking this in the summer of 2021, there were almost 2 million podcasts. Over a six-month period, a million new podcasts have been launched. And there is every size, shape, format topic of podcasts that you can possibly imagine. Now, if you go on shows that aren't a fit, either target audience-wise, size-wise, or both, it doesn't mean that something great can't come out of that. It just means that if you do that over and over and over and don't have any mixed in that are larger or that are really speaking to the right people, then it's likely that you're not going to see something come out of it, assuming that you're doing everything else right. And we'll get to the other tips here in a minute. But what I would also say is this, here's the caveat. I'm talking about shows that you are investing time or that you are investing money to help have somebody else put in the time to get you on. If somebody invites me to be on a podcast, I don't care how big it is. I don't care if it's my exact niche. I say yes, because I enjoy it. And because it's an easy investment of time and connection that I know is going to be energizing and fun for me. I've always done that. If I'm going to pitch, then I'm more selective about what I'm pitching, who I'm pitching to, because it's a greater investment of time, right? To do the research and create a quality pitch. Now, like I said, if I'm invited, I've always said, yes, it was so interesting is that 
when I got to know John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire last year, he shared that he has the same approach. He always says yes when someone asks him. And this is a guy that could be way, way, way more choosy and selective if he wanted to be. But someone asks, he says yes. And so I felt really validated about my <laughs> my approach of having the same as having the same approach as somebody who has been in this field for way longer as an audience of of millions and millions and millions of people, right? That's a caveat there. But if you're pitching for yourself, I really want you to think about does the show have my people and is it of a size that uh, that makes sense? Now, what's the second reason that people don't succeed? and get the value that they want out of being on podcasts. It's because they don't have what I call podcast offer alignment, which is having one clear aligned call to action at the end of the interview that creates an obvious connection between what was shared on the interview and the next step to get the result or promise of the work that you do, the result or promise of your program. I get this question all the time. Just to give you a real example, instead of at the end of an interview when someone says, hey, Christine, where can listeners find you? Instead of me saying, oh, well, you can find me anywhere at Life W Passion or at Christine McAllister. I say, if we're talking about podcasts, I say, if you want to have everything that we talked about and more in one handy place for you to check in with as you create your pitches, as you go on interviews, I've put together a checklist of how to be an awesome podcast guest, and you can grab it for free at lifewithpassion.com slash checklist. Easy, memorable. That will then get them into my world. And of course, we can connect other places. And if people want to find me other places, instead of grabbing that, they can. But I've told them one direct thing to go and do that connects and takes to the next level what we talked about. Now, that call to action is going to be specific to how your business is structured. But that is super, super, super important. I was talking with somebody the other day who has a really well-known lower level podcast matchmaking service, right? Where podcasters go on and guests go on. You can find each other that way, right? Tend to be much smaller shows. But he said, you know what? I hear of authors who go on podcasts to, to promote their book and they never even bring up the book. And so creating that podcast offer alignment, so, so important talking about it, obviously in the interview, being clear about what your topics are going to be, but then also having a clear call to action at the end so that you get your message out there, right? Because your voice needs to be heard. That's why I do this because I believe that it shouldn't be just the loudest voices. It should be the, the voices that get to be heard in this way. In summary, go on, go with a clear plan, go in with sticky notes on alongside your monitor of your stories that silently sell that you can embed of your big talking points, right? Your expert topics. So that if you blank, you can look up, lock onto something with your eyes and come back in. Go with a clear plan, but also go in with an intention to be authentic and engaging rather than a robot, right? Who's just there to get talking points across. It definitely drives me crazier than when people say, oh, I can get the same talking points across no matter what the host asks me. I'm like, that's not fun. That's not going to come across as fun for the host or the listeners. It's going to come across as canned. And you're going to sound like a politician because that's what they're really good at doing. <laughs> if you watch if you watch interviews of politicians, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Be authentic and engaging and be willing to flex and flow with the conversation. And yes, this takes practice. You can start where you are, go on smaller podcasts, get your feet wet and improve. All right. 
Second tip, what to do ahead of the interview and post-interview to be an amazing guest, to be what we call a guest for life who gets asked back. Before the interview, create a customized pitch, not spray and pray where you send the same pitch to everyone. I get those pitches all the time. Never have I accepted one. Customizing takes longer, yes, but it is a quality approach, the quality over quantity. And it sets you up from the beginning for a real relationship with the host, because you're showing that you care about them as a person, you care about their show. I also recommend as part of this process to create a customized pitch, you listen to a recent episode and then just follows as it will take you a minute, literally leave a review on Apple podcasts. That is gold for them that they cannot buy for themselves. Okay. Social proof, helps the algorithms, all of that stuff. Reviews are super important to hosts. Listen and review and then engage on social media with the host. Let them know why you love them. Get to know what matters to them right now so that you can speak intelligently about it when you go on their podcast. Post-interview, send a small gift to the host. This should be a non-self-promotional gift. Send a small gift to the host that is non-self-promotional. So somebody interviewed me about my book and I sent them a copy of my book. That would be self-promotional. I send a $25 box of tea that comes packaged really beautifully from a local tea place. And all I have to do is send them the note I want to say and send them the address and they ship it for me. And it's super, super easy. So send a gift and then promote your interview when it comes out on all of your channels. All right. If you're a podcast host, you know, it's super sad when people don't promote the episode that you created and paid to have edited and had them on. That's a way of giving back value and an energy exchange to the host. So make sure that you promote it when it comes out. Third tip, what to do and not do to make the episode most effective. So it's going to be different than the first tip. What to do and not do to make this interview the most effective and effective meaning like impactful, helping you get what you want. What most people don't do is include what I call stories that silently sell. These are answers that illustrate your work, your results, your client's results based on your story or your client's stories. We know, at least intellectually, that we learn through stories. Those stories are what stick in the listener's heads and help them picture what it would be like to work with you, but that don't feel salesy. You don't have to say, well, in my done for you program, blah, 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 blah. This is how we do it. You can say like, I have a client who got her ad account shut down. Her entire business was based on ads. She needed to find a way to generate more leads. And so this is why she decided to go in on podcast guesting because she realized the power of it. If you're somebody who's like had your own frustration with ads or you've had friends who've had ad nightmares, then you can relate to that. That's going to stick with you. Another example would be, man, you know, I just really found that I didn't want to live my life on social media all day. While I'm really great at helping other people figure out how to market themselves, that doesn't come as naturally to me. But what does come naturally to me is connecting with people and having conversations and doing that organically. I found that podcast guesting was such a great outlet for me because it was a one-on-one conversation that I got to have with someone I thought was really cool that then gets shared with lots and lots of people. And so I think, you know, if you're somebody who, who really likes to connect with people, but you don't necessarily 
like to be like out there talking about yourself all the time. This is a really natural strategy to get your, get your work into the world. So that would be a story that silently sells. Now, what most people do that makes their episodes, their appearances, not as effective. They go in as, again, what John Lee Dumas would call a vampire to suck what they can out of the host and their audience. They show up transactionally, like this is a one-off, interview me, make me look great, whatever, bye. They show up with talking points, you know, just to get their points across, as opposed to having a relaxed conversation that creates a win-win-win, not only for you, the guest, but also for the host and their audience, right? Now, a lot of times we can go into a podcast unknowingly being a vampire, just with that mindset of like, oh man, I hope people reach out. I want to mine this audience for, for everything that, that I can. And of course you want that. And there's part of this that is like, let's just detach from the way that that needs to look. Because if I show up in a, in a really powerful, beautiful way, then there are all kinds of cool things that could come out of this connections to other podcasters, a long-term relationship with the host who could affiliate for you, refer for you, invite you into rooms, give you access to things that you didn't have before that might even be more valuable than one client. So going in, not with, I'm just here to get what I can out of it, but like, I'm here to create a long-term relationship. I want to be the kind of person who gets asked back because I was such a value-focused, interesting, entertaining guest. I was myself. And just with that intention and desire to serve. Those are the three top tips to succeed with podcast guesting in 2022, my friends. If you know that you want to get all of this summarized and you want to have it in front of you, before or as you sit down to research and as you sit down to pitch, you can grab my free podcast guesting checklist at lifewithpassion.com slash checklist. I would love to hear what you thought of these tips if you're already using them. Which one are you going to implement for your next interview? So fill me in and thanks for listening. If you loved this episode, would you consider scrolling down if you're listening on iTunes and leaving me a quick rating. And if you feel like it, a review that is so helpful to me to help get the word out there and share this amazing free resource with more high achievers, just like you. I value and see every single review and it would just mean the world to me. Thank you so much. Here's to living your life with passion.